Hello, listeners. Before we begin our podcast, we have two announcements to share with you. First, we're very excited to announce that Cass is ready to start his second campaign set in the world of Ibris, and we're looking for motivated, engaged, creative role players to join our podcast. My new campaign will follow a group of four or five intrepid heroes as they make their way through unexplored lands, encounter new types of plants and animals, and deal with unstable geopolitical forces. Though all are criminals, each of our heroes are essentially good people in unfortunate circumstances who have come together as a team of friends to make a new life for themselves. Please visit our website www.rollwithadventure.com and read our blog for more information on how you can apply to join our cast. We look forward to hearing from you. Our second announcement is that to preserve our sanity, following this week we will move to releasing an episode on the first and third Monday of every month, instead of every week. This will allow us to continue to provide you with the high-quality, immersive listening experience that you have come to expect from us. That's all from us! Enjoy the episode! Welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination, from our world to the far-off world of Eberests, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for further episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Roll With Adventure's campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I'm the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into the tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode begins mid-afternoon on Merkstan, the fourth of Leonay, in the year 1083 PR, in the depths of the catacombs beneath the Tenorian Abbey, where our heroes delve deeper in hopes to find the crypts of the four founding members. Now, before we dive right in, Let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? Not gonna lie, the past couple days have been pretty uneventful. I think we're gonna get just a, a flat zero for today. Okay, not referencing the whole week, but today I ate too much for dinner. We had nachos and I thought... That's not enough. I'm still hungry. So I had a bowl of cereal, but then it was too much cereal. But the cereal was so good, so I finished it anyway. And now I feel like I would like to just lay like a python and digest. So I'm going to take a minus two on my dexterity. I got home from work today, discovered that the wind had snapped my poor raspberry bush in half. And I cried like a baby because... It is just that kind of day. So I'm going to take a negative two for emotional dexterity. Oh, Sasha. Oh, no. Is it going to recover? 
I mean, maybe. It's all really just the top half got broken off. Put it in the dirt. We so have we shall see. so many raspberry shoots coming up all over the yard where they're not meant to be. So if it <laughs> doesn't make it, you are welcome to have some of ours. Thank you. Uh, the plant it was a hardy, hardy plant. Good. Yeah, it's just the top snapped off. But oh, it was okay. so leafy and happy. Aww. I put it back in the dirt, though. But it had survived so much. It lived in my car for three whole days while we moved. I was so sure it had died. And then it came back and was thriving. And I just bought it sticks to help it stay upright, but they were too short. Because it, they just, it snapped off right where the stick was not. Oh, my poor baby. Uh, I think it's just me, right? Uh, I did not sleep well last night. Uh, and I discovered today that apparently it's really my brain that keeps me from getting a lot accomplished because despite the fact that I was tired today and didn't really have much uh, brain power, I cleaned the kitchen, unloaded the dishwasher, took out some garbage, um, just in time to catch that garbage guy unloading our um, our thing, our, our dumpster. Uh, I trained some people. I vetted some uh, release material. I made some adjustments to the release material without really second-guessing myself, so that went really well. Um, and then the day was finished, and I cooked dinner uh, and cleaned up after dinner, uh, all before uh, Sasha even got home. So uh, apparently I just need to be less um, self-conscious, I guess, or just use less of my brain. Uh, so I'm going to take a plus one for um, being good at life. That sounds like I'm asking for karma to hit me. I mean, that sounded like some pretty awesome adulting there. I'm impressed. I agree. I am definitely an adult. <laughs> Let's see what you roll. Eight. Ooh, 17. Four. I rolled a two, so I have a zero. Hi, I'm Allie, and I'm playing Quarry Anaclathy Bostuk Base, a Goliath Paladin. The most beautiful person that Quarry has ever seen was a half-elven woman named Nessa. Quarry traveled with her in a group for a few days, only a few days, but Nessa's face still haunts Quarry's dreams. My name is David, and I play Jovan Savvy J. Cooperson, a human scholar. Uh, last week, I think I mentioned that the first time Jovan ever got into a fight was uh, with the first priest he saw at the abbey where he grew up. Um, I mentioned that he lost terribly. The first time that he won a fight was several years later, uh, when he was 22, um, was at a market in Adenon, where he was unfairly accused of looting from one of the market uh, keeps. Uh, they got into a, a fist fight, and uh, for the first time in his life, unaided, Yoden won, or Yovan won. He's more proud of it than he has any right to be. Hello, I am Brian. I'm at MindOverBrian on Twitter and on Twitch, although on Twitch I spell it with a zero. And I am playing Melian Barebone, the changeling barbarian uh, who most of the time looks like a uh, bearded half-elven young man with red hair who has a noticeable scar running from his cheek, uh, along his cheek, sorry, from his upper lip to nick his ear. Um, this week's very interesting fact about Melian is that um, he got most of his weapons training as a kid 
and his um he actually lost a pinky in an axe throwing contest with his twin but one of the things he is unable to do as a changeling is make that same pinky disappear hello i am sasha and i play faileth the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts my fun fact about Faleth this week is that she thinks that apricots are just baby peaches. That is so cute. It's not all toenails and feet and teeth. Sometimes it's just apricots. <laughs> now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Our session begins as the sounds of your footsteps against the worn and dusty stones of the catacombs beneath the Tenorian Abbey diminish into silence. Before you is a dark hallway one that leads deeper into the catacombs, while to your left is a branch that you have already lit, but you know ends with Lord Vitor's crypt. The smell of dust and brittle bones, undisturbed for ages, fills your nostrils. Somewhere beyond this passage, somewhere deeper, should remain the crypts of the Four Brothers, those that founded the Tenorian Order. Behind you, in relative safety, remain the abbot and Estrella, both consumed by either work or prayer, in the room Putrelax defiled for his laboratory. Before you is only darkness. What will you do? Are there clowns to the left of me? Jokers, Jokers to, the right. to the right! Here I am, stuck in my middle. <laughs> Derailing the atmosphere immediately. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alright, well, I suppose I light a lantern, and usual thing, hold it aloft with a mage hand, and then I follow Cory like a lost puppy, because they know where they're going and I don't. <laughs> I don't know that Cory does know where they're going, but they will lead. It's a crypt. You're an undead hunting paladin. Just follow your nose. I mean, I feel like we should follow Faileth. Faileth can ask for directions. Uh, are there any spirits in here? I mean... Monks aren't usually sober, so. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Looking about, you can see many bones, many sets. Some skulls stare back at you from burial niches on the walls as you walk down these hallways. And you can feel the faint bits of spiritual energy clinging to them. But it appears that the majority of spirits, if not almost all of them, have gone on to their rest. Faileth, you don't feel any real f distinctive spirits. And you continue following down into these twisting tunnels. Until the tunnel eventually reaches a corner and veers to the left. As you walk along this passageway, you note that it is also lined with burial niches along both walls. Though, midway along the passage, on one side, there are three alcoves, each containing the statue of a monk holding a different object in their hands. The monk on the left holds a star, the monk in the center a crescent moon, 
and the monk on the right holds a partial sunburst. Across from the statues, there is no niche. There is simply a circular mosaic depicting the night sky, a red twin-tailed comet, and a group of figures standing at the edge of what appears to be a great lake from which rises tumbling towers and broken stones. Coiling around the mosaic, like a black serpent, are a series of words, or perhaps symbols, primarily composed of straight and curved lines, capped with circles. This reminds me, Gordon, actually. I saw that same twin-tailed comet and tapestries up at the top of the abbey, and it reminded me of the symbols on your shield. I don't think I'd come across that iconography before. Is there a story there? Yes, I picked up this shield during the Blissful Rebellion. It was a door in a, in a room in a building that the Cult of Bliss had taken over for their own purposes, but... Cass, do I remember what the building was originally? Or did I not know? You didn't know. I'm not sure what the purpose of the building was. Perhaps here we will find out the mystery of the comet. Another question for the abbot, perhaps, though he knows less than I would have liked. Yes. Well, perhaps the diary or notebook that we're looking for will have some information. The writing around the outside of the mural. I don't suppose I recognize it, do I? No, you do not. Melian and Faileth, what are you guys doing while they're having this conversation? Sulking, because I don't get to look at my spear. There's no ghost, so I'm bored. I'm doing the grown-up equivalent of a ten-year-old, like, standing with his hands in his pockets, kicking rocks. <laughs> Give me a perception check, the both of you. I bet you if we'd said we were doing something useful, he would have given us an advantage on this. Yeah, probably. Faileth <laughs> refuses to be useful. That is um, not what she's here for. I rolled a 12, but for some reason, I can't find my perception score. Why is this hard today? Why is everything so hard? What's your wisdom? Um, no, I found to... it. Uh, perception, I plus two, so I got 14. Faileth, while you're sort of not really caring, you sort of poke a little bit at the, the statue, the small little statues in the alcove, and you realize that the statues are almost on runners and can be moved. Ooh, fun! I start to play with them. I see if I can, like, push them and get them to have races and stuff. The middle one you can push back and forward, and the two on the left and right you can push uh, so that they come closer to the middle. Or oh yeah, I'm just away. going to town. This is awesome. <laughs> Melian, mm -hmm. you kick a piece of stone and it bounces off one of the walls, and as you go to kick another one, you sort of glance up, and you recognize the writing that is around the edge. You have no idea where you learned it, but you do know that it says, only by the light of the celestial triad could victory be won. Paladin. Yes. Is, is this of significance? And Melian will gesture to the Still sulking, but like, gesture to the wall, like, look, I found some writing. Um, unfortunately I am unable to read it, but surely if they put all the effort to uh, write that there, it must have some significance. 
It says, only by the light of the celestial triad could victory be won. Uh, Quarry looks at Melian very impressed. What language is this? I've never seen it before. Neither have I. I would be hard-pressed to tell you. Hmm. wonder what it means. The light. This was absolutely a terrible week for me to IRL cash in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jovan perks up uh, when Melian mentions that he can understand it. It's, where did you learn that? Was it something you picked up as a child or something you learned in your travels? Uh, Melian squints as if he's considering and then says, I do not know. I have no recollection of learning this language, and yet the knowledge simply exists. This whole abbey is just a giant puzzle. I love it so much. I could spend a decade here, I feel. Well, uh, perhaps we can come back at some time, but I'm afraid we do not have a decade to give you. No, I suppose not. One last thing, looking around the room, is there any empty braziers or places where uh, a light could be placed? Or reflected from? Yeah, anything particularly shiny? Looking around, there are two sconces on either side of this mural that could be lit that are closer together than the other sconces that have been going down this hallway. But they are on the same side as this mural. While looking about this spot, though, uh, you do note that Faileth is playing with small statues. Maybe Yay! not a decade, <laughs> but maybe just a minute. Faileth. Yeah? Huh? How big are these statues, Cass? Probably about a foot tall each. And they're uh, up in alcoves up on the, the wall, right? They're on alcoves across from the... Uh, mural. Are they on the floor? Or are they raised alcoves? Oh. Are those solid stone, Fela? You can be pushing them around quite easily. Now they're in like little track things. Look, you can race them. Wee! Tracks. Uh huh. Which one is winning? Um, I don't know. They're going in opposite directions. Sounds like any race you're involved in. Yeah. Why would they put these on the tracks? Uh, Yovan will go in and inspect the one in the center. See if he can find out what mechanism there is letting him slide around. You're not exactly fully confident about what mechanism. You can see that there's a tiny little slit in the stonework underneath them. The one in the middle appears to move forward and back, and the ones in the slightly to the left and right move le move horizontally uh, to the left and right rather than forward and back. Now, isn't that strange? Why do you think a couple of monks would spend all this time to put these things? Because even monks need to have fun sometimes. <laughs> Can you give me an investigation check? And I'll take 
Yovan, give me an investigation check, and Faileth, give me an investigation check with advantage. Oh, good. <laughs> My bullshittery is helping. Yovan was about to say, "There's, this isn't exactly something people would do for fun, but then he realized this is something he would absolutely do for fun. So <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no leg to stand on. Oh, thank goodness for advantage. Oh, uh, Never mind, apparently. 12, so 18. Uh, I rolled a 5, and then I rolled a 3. So, 9. Uh, so, Yovan, as you go down to inspect, Faileth uh, is moving one of them and knocks the hands off of it. Oh. They're not that sturdy, are they? Looking at it, it looks like the hands were on little pegs. As if those <gasps> hands could be removed. We can swap way. the hands! I go to see if I can switch the hands on all the statues. Yep. Uh, you I... now have a set of hands that hold a star, a set of hands that hold a crescent moon, and a set of hands that hold a partial sunburst. Phyllis is very tempted to just keep them. Just out of curiosity, if I look through them, anything different? What do you mean? Hold them up and look through them like a hagstone or something. Okay, don't mind me. Um, hey, Faylove, if you could do me, just yeah. humor me for just a half a moment before Cory pulls mm -hmm. us away. You see those two scones on the wall? Could you light them up for me? Sure. I uh, press to digitate them alight. They are both alight. And you do see that the sconces for these two are slightly different. They both have two small holes near the base that sends beams of light that crisscross right in front of the, the monk in the middle. Now, how cool is that? Uh, mess around with the, the three uh, symbols. Just holding them in front of the monk to see how they might interact with the beams of light. Maybe they shine on particular parts of the starburst, or they slip between gaps in the stars, or... Well, the three different pe the three different sets of hands, putting them up to it, nothing seems to happen. But they are the three disparate parts of the symbol of the Tenorian Order. So I put them together and then try... Are you just holding it up? Yeah, just holding it up for now. Nothing happened. There's no way they could all fit on one statue, because I've only got two peg holes in the, stat uh, in the middle monk statue, right? They certainly couldn't. Can the statues get close enough to... Yes, they can. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, for the record, Quarry <laughs> is... Uh, just looking for some coffins that they can look in, feeling like the diary might be buried with somebody. They think that Faileth is playing with stuff, and Jovan's got it handled. If you're walking down, you don't find any coffins anywhere. You only find burial niches off to either side with stacks of bones, and usually a name under them. So yeah, uh, we'll put the symbols back on the monks and slide them together to see if we can get the symbols to overlap. As you place the star into the central monk as it sits behind the sun and the moon, and place the other two 
to create the symbol of the Tenorian Order. As you do this, you see the two beams of light coming from the notches designed into the sconces illuminate the symbol of the Tenorian Order. With the light falling upon it, you see that small little facets, previously thought to be little pieces of quartz or native portions of the rock that the symbols are carved from, begin to glow. They begin to take in the light and refract it, strengthening it. Before, from the center of the completed symbol, a beam of light extends out and illuminates the mosaic. And as it does, you notice that the figures on it, a total of seven of them, certain small portions of them start to glow and almost move a bit. You see a man bearing the symbol of Gnosis upon his breast, another man bearing the symbol of Soul upon his breast, and another man bearing the symbol of Liana upon his breast. Standing beside them is a female warrior of Soul, an elven female around which flowers seem to bloom, and a member of the small folk, though around him small objects seem to float in the air. And lastly, a hooded figure bearing the completed symbol of the Tenorian Order upon their breast, as you have unified it. Moon, sun, and star aligned as one. There is a shudder, and the walls in front of you begin to split open. Straight down the center of the mural, small little pieces of it falling to the ground in front of you. Until, in front of you, is a dark recess that appears to go into a tunnel. At the sound, Quarry started jogging back in <laughs> to, to see what's happened. Forget a decade. I could spend a century here and be entertained for every minute. I love this place. Let's take a look. Entering into this, the walls of the now-revealed passage are different from those of the rest of the catacombs. They are smooth, irregular stone that lends a distinct feeling that this was once a natural stone cavern as it opens up before you. In front of you are three stone caskets of white marble. Depicted on the top of each is a male figure clasping their hands over a different holy symbol, Liana, Gnosis, and Sol, respectively. Two passageways branch off to either side of the chamber's far wall behind these caskets. Even more so than before, this chamber appears to have not been disturbed for at least half of an aeon. The dust is pulled up with each step you take, cast into the air around you. And it is as silent as the grave. Save for one single sound 
a slight trickling sound, or perhaps a drip that comes from even deeper. So, Faelith, what's the oldest ghost you've ever spoken to? Hmm. What is, who is the oldest ghost I've ever spoken to? Is that something that's lore important, or should I make something up? Oh, go right ahead, make something up. Just not older than 800 years. Okay. To be safe. Mm, I didn't know about oldest, because they didn't always tell me when they're from, but uh, there was this old fisherwoman who used to uh, walk around down on the beaches a lot, and I think she was, had died about 500 550 years ago or something like that. She was nice. I'll bet you a chocolate biscuit from across the wing that we're going to find a ghost older than that down these halls. Ooh, fun. Though, sometimes the really old ones are weird. In a good way or a bad way? Well, depends. Let's hope for a good way. Sometimes they know cool things. Sometimes they've forgotten a lot of what made them people? I'd like to learn some neat things, and I think being all there isn't that important. No, not really. Let's find out. I don't suppose the capital mind if we poke around a little bit here. Has Corey caught up with the group? Yes. You have come in as Yovan and Faileth have been talking at the edge of the like opening out into the this, this cavern in front. Mm. So you've probably just caught Yovan's don't think don't think the abbot will mind if we poke around. Ah, you found what we were looking for. Maybe. I wouldn't I'm not actually sure. I wouldn't be surprised if there's been uh, a dozen or so little secret pockets this Abbey. Uh, three coffins here, not four. So I don't think these are the brothers. Hmm. But it's worth a look. Certainly. More than that, though. This might be older than the brothers. Of course, it's not like folks haven't uh, sought out places older than themselves to go for their final rest. It's I mean, they built the Abbey here after all, didn't they? No way they wouldn't have found this. Well, uh, let us see who it is then. Ah. You'll let us know if uh, anyone unusual books are head up, right, Faileth? Yeah. Let's take a look. Are you going to step into the room? Oh, yeah. There. No, actually, you know what? Uh, enough of the catacombs. I think we're gonna head back to head back and take a nap. This is all very. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Million to tune to his goblin. <laughs> Before we run into ancient undead here, but uh, yeah, we we I go inside anyways. Yovan does. Okay. Uh, are you going to cast your light onto them, like on about this room a bit more, or anything like that? Like, what are you doing? Doesn't the light from the symbol used to hit the center of the mural would now go into this room? 
It doesn't go all the way in. It hits the ceiling partially partway down the tunnel. No, it's sloping down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll send my mage hand forward with the light. As you send your mage hand forward with the light, you can see that these caskets are covered in dust. Likely there is writing along the edges of them, perhaps. Like in Vidar's tomb, noting who is buried in these caskets. But they are so thick with dust that you cannot make it out. What are the chances these coffins are going to spring open the minute I clean them off? Bah, that's what we got Malian and Cory here for. Uh, Yevon goes for it. Goes to the nearest coffin, or the one in the center. Begins brushing off the... As you brush off the dust in the center coffin uh, casket, you see that it says in blocky, archaic lettering, Harmadin Tenor. I have the Tenorian Abbey. Maybe I was wrong. As you step to move to the next one, a light begins to fill the room. Three globes of light as clear as day that you and Quarry, as well as Faelith and Melian can see, float up from the tone scones. Float up from the stone caskets, bobbing in the air for a moment. And you think you can almost hear the whistling of a jaunty tune. As you sort of stumble back, they flare, and before you are three spectral figures. Two young monks stand at the foot of their caskets, the mere likeness of the figures on their lids, though younger. A third monk, wearing strange goggles on the top of his head, sits on the side of his casket, whistling away with his eyes closed. The figure, standing before the central casket, speaks. Who are you to disturb the slumber of the founders of the Tenorian Order? Prepare to face our... The third monk continues to whistle jauntily, as the expression of the other two spectral monks sour. Asterin, for the love of your lady Liana, can't you see that we have intruders? The third monk stops whistling, opening his eyes and noticing your group for the first time. Uh, hi. Hi. Hi is all you can say. We were being spooky and intimidating, and all you can say is hi? In his defense, you would never have actually been spooky and intimidating. I think from the entrance, From the entrance, Melian yells, Everything all right in there? Yeah, the ghosts are just trying to be spooky. Oh, well, say hello for me. Melian says hello. I was spooked. I can't speak for the rest of us, but... <laughs> rather the unexpected musical. The spirit in the middle crosses his arms and glowers at you. And the spirit that was jauntily whistling away goes... Just sort of hops down from his casket, looks at you and goes... What brings you here? We come seeking answers. Hmm. We have many questions. And we are looking for the journal of Pedreg Tenor. You see all of them straighten. The one that has not spoken so far, who bears the symbol of soul upon his chest. 
sort of cracks his spectral knuckles and speaks. It is sealed. It was sealed by his orders. Why do you seek it? A great deal of time has passed since you were interred here. We came seeking to help the village of Barrowman's. A cult, uh, members of a cult of necromancers had taken up residence here in your abbey and enslaved your monks and the abbot. We discovered that they were seeking two things, one of which was the journal of Pedrig Tenor, so that they may destroy it. We wish to know what is in it that would cause them enough discomfiture that they would put so much effort into destroying a book. Who are these that would destroy it? The Cult of Bliss. I do not know if they are from your time. But they are a group of necromancers who have caused a great deal of trouble in our time. We thought them defeated, but it appears that they are not. Even if you don't recognize the name of the Cult of Bliss, perhaps you'll recognize one that they were working for, the Winter King. It is the Winter King, right? It's the Winter Lord. I think it's the Winter King. I think it's the Winter King. No, the Frost King. The Frost King. Frost King. Even if you don't recognize the name of the Cult of Bliss, perhaps you'll recognize the name of one they were, or are, working for. The Frost King. No. I do not. Brothers, do you? You see them all shake their head. These necromancers, though, who do they serve? Does, does Quarry know that? That is a question that was never even answered throughout the entirety of the Blissful Rebellion. It was a question that those involved would have paid a king's ransom to find out. If only they'd ever been able to find its leader. Strike them down. They were never even able to penetrate or find much beyond the lower levels of leadership though there was some shadowy rumor that there was a group of trusted generals amongst the cult, but that they did serve something greater. I'm afraid we don't know who lead this cult, but as for the Frost King, you may not know it by that name. It is a, a being not from this world that came in the Nerulus Tower. It's for a time inhabited the body of... Lord Veter, who is also entombed within these catacombs. Perhaps you've stumbled upon his ghost. We have not left our vigil here. Not since we were interred here shortly after the founding and completed construction of the Abbey above. I was hoping there'd been some, like, cross-taunting going along. I figure if you're stuck in an abbey for a couple hundred years, you drift around a bit. Crypt parties. But... <laughs> we don't necessarily need to even see the journal. If we could perhaps learn about the nature of its contents, even if we didn't have the specifics, perhaps that would allow us to learn more about the motivations that drive these necromancers and give us more answers that might let us hunt them down 
to stop them. Whatever it was, it was deeply important to them. They sort of share a look between them, as if there's something that they're thinking about, but not sharing. Seeing their hesitation, Quarry will address themselves to the one that has the symbol of soul and say, You, sir, by soul, I know you understand the importance of stopping these necromancers. There are children going missing, and some kind of foul ritual is afoot that we seek to put an end to. If this journal has knowledge that can help us stop that, or even, I, I dare not hope, go so far as to think it could assist us in bringing the cult of bliss to an end, but they are anxious to destroy this information. It may no longer be safe here, and even if it is, perhaps you could share some of the knowledge that may assist us. As you say that there is a foul ritual afoot, he looks deeply troubled. Do they seek to call the wind? I know not what that means. Do you know much of Iltharan runes? Do these necromancers bear this symbol? And you see on the ground the dust begin to slowly part as they draw spectrally the half-lidded eye of the Cult of Bliss. Yes, yes, that is the symbol of the Cult of Bliss. The Graven One returns. What does that mean? We are bound by the laws of the dead, and cannot speak of what drove us to our deaths. Perhaps you should seek out the grave of our brother. Perhaps his writings will let you write what we could only delay. But first, we must inspect your souls. We must be sure of your purity, that his taint is not upon you. Ooh, I should probably leave then. I am prepared to stand any test you wish to set. Please bring your other companion, the one that waits. So I'm definitely not pure? Just heads up? Melian? The one not in this room? Yes. Melian? The ghosts wish to speak to you. What? What? Why? I don't know, but they seem to wish to test our purity to ensure that we can be trusted with the knowledge they may give us. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I've, I've said that I'm not, right? Y'all are super prepared for me not to be pure, cause... It's a different time and day. You might, what's pure now may not have been pure 800 years ago. It's fine, Fela. It's. We'll I okay. don't think I was pure 800 years ago either. Melian comes in, looking very perplexed. Like, uh, he's he's got that spear out that he was trying to look at before. Like, guys, <laughs> stop <laughs> <What>? interrupting me. <laughs> Just try to have a moment with my spear, man. <laughs> As the four of you stand there. The spirits look at you, and you see them begin to glow. They first stop in front of Faileth, and in a single voice they speak. You child, you straddle the realms of life 
and death, a bridge composed of dust. You are the blood of the jailers, just as Kilchen, when she aided us in our quest. Be careful, lest you draw Padraig to this realm. His sleep is uneasy, and the madness of the Graven One is upon him. I'm sorry, what now? They look to Melian. A soul so pure, we would not think one such as you would have it. Appearances are truly deceiving. I am not sure whether to be offended or thankful. Looking to Kawari, a soul of northern blood, but touched by our sister. Truce, may she continue to watch over you. They look to Yovan, a troubling soul, partly seen, partly unseen. You follow the path Nevin walked, written upon the pages of that black book. Tread carefully that you do not fade from this world as those who came before you. Through your art, you may return or be lost to time. Seek out Nevin's footsteps and the rings he sought to gather, armed with them and the six books. You will halt the fate of your soul. The three spirits sort of draw themselves together, and the temperature in the room decreases as they do. As if they are conferring. And they look back to you. Beyond this chamber lies the grave of our brother, Patrick. Though there are some touches of darkness upon you, your souls have not fallen. Disturb where his body lies, take from him his journal, for it speaks of his work. It speaks of our quest to ensure that the evil we vanquished, we had hoped would not rise again. We know that you will protect it well. Our time here, that means, is no longer. We will go to our rest. Take from our graves what you will. I know that some of you are thinking about doing it anyway. Way to call us out. Cory looks slightly offended. They were not planning to steal anything. <laughs> oh, I was. You say, with a pocket full of bones. I mean, Those were given to us. And yeah, that's different. You see Corvus's face, the third brother that bears the mark of soul, sort of smiles and looks to you and says, From my resting place, draw forth my gloves. They aided me in reaching towards soul and life. Perhaps they will help you and your kin to reach the skies above as well. My kin? What have they to do with this? 
and he opens his hands. Are the family you not choose standing before us at your side? Blood is not always kin. Cory nods understandingly. Though we took the name Tenor, none of us are brothers by blood. What was truce to you? She stood beside us. She stood beside us on that damned day. The day the sky rained down. Harmadon looks to your group. From my graves draw forth the boots that I lay buried with. They shouldn't be too dusty. They did allow me to step softly and unheard. And for the love of the Triatrian, please make sure that you take Asterin's goggles. I don't want to hear him talking about the details he sees on the other side of the room so perfectly. If he tells me about another spider with a limp, I'm going to pass on. Without him! And they fade. Oh. But I have more questions. You only get to quiz them until they give you uh, items. Until you hit the jackpot. <laughs> and then they disappear. Gosh, you went to the wrong conversation path. I hate when that happens. Let's go back to the last save point. Uh, no. I vote no on the save point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Uh, I guess Cory will approach the coffin um, that has their gloves. Their gloves? Aren't we quick to claim magic items? Excuse me, but I think the ghosts said they were mine. Well, it is up to you guys to infer what you think the ghosts were saying when they were trying when they were giving out the items. They weren't intending to destroy your party. Fine, fine. <laughs> Hoy's like, oh, look, I have found my new gloves. We're all like, excuse me? <laughs> you, I worship soul as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I had the purest soul. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't care. You can have them. <laughs> I am very curious about that and even more curious about what they said about Yobin. About the feet. Oh, God. No. But I'm... the cool old lady liked the feet. True, yes, Faleth. Remember what it would do to their ghosts. They would have to hobble around on the stumps of their legs. That's not how it works. No, it is. Remember, we have experienced it. Where ghosts have shown the damage done to their body. Yeah, that's different. Is Besides, it? These ones Perhaps you could explain on. it to me. Uh, the, so, the damage done to them in life that caused their death is very different than damage that happens to their bodies after they've already passed on. Their spirits are trapped basically in exactly the form that they last took in life. So you can, like, stomp on the bones and, like, draw funny things on the skulls and it's not going to show up on their faces. Fascinating. I was under the distinct impression that mistreatment of the corporeal remains would affect the ghost's uh, to, uh, ability to reflect its lifelike 
I mean, it'll piss them Not off. Just... Perhaps you could explain more to me as we step out into the main chamber. <laughs> but we haven't looted the grave yet. Oh, they we... said oh, we could. I'm, bring you I'm anything sure. relevant. Yes, I'm sure but... that Yovan and... Are you trying to get rid of me? No, I am going with you. Two of us will step out into the... No. Into the corridor. I want to see what... To no, you're trying to stop me from getting my swag. <laughs> I see through you, barebone. No, I'm just deeply interested in ghosts, as I have always been. <laughs> no, you haven't. You're so transparent, Melian. I love you, but I'm getting something out of this grave, and you're not going to stop me. I would prefer it weren't the feet, is all I'm saying. But, but my collection. I want to show Natty later. What if we give She's you a, so cool. a pair of boots to hold your current feet in? But I've Basically got my pouch. You guys are no fun. Cory looks very seriously at Faelith and says, We did promise the abbot that we would disturb as little as necessary. And while I can understand wanting to add to your collection, I do not think that it will aid us in our mission. Paladin, perhaps we take the one mean-spirited ghost's one foot for the girl. <laughs> Cory cracks the smallest amount of a smile, and then their face, like, they try to clamp down on it, and they say, No, no. I don't think we can do that. Ah, oh, well, if you will just show me which grave it is, I will ensure that the child does not steal one of the feet. And then he looks back at Phelan and winks. <laughs> and then stands back. Okay, wink. <laughs> she does fully just say wink instead yes. of doing it. Phelan, it is more effective if we do not say the word wink. I shall inspect to ensure all feet are accounted for before we leave. I'll just take some teeth then. <laughs> Quarry's like, oh my god, this is my family? What have <laughs> I done? You remove the lids, and you find that these corpses are withered and dry. It's not bones, it's like almost like they've mummified. Oh. Good. On one, there are there is a pair of simple brown boots that have a slightly mottled appearance. The cuff of the boot is stitched with the pattern of leaves and vines. These boots look like they haven't aged a day. On another, there are metal goggles that appear to hook down over the nose like a beak that are snugged to the face by an adjustable leather strap that have two dark lenses set into them. And on the last corpse, there is a pair of tan gloves made from supple leather adorned with minor stitching. You see that each of them holds a jewel-encrusted uh, holy symbol to each of the gods. Oh, handy. Perhaps we could borrow the holy symbols for your experiment, Jovan, as long as we return them when we are finished. Well, they're encrusted onto the items themselves. I'm sure of that. Each corpse is holding a holy symbol. Oh, yeah. There was a marble version of it on the top of the casket as well. Of course. Perhaps, Jovan, you can help us determine what these three items do, and we can decide who they are best suited to. Of course. 
if the abbot is having the items I requested retrieved, it should be no effort at all. As long as I can set up a, a space to inspect them fully. It seems we have what we... Well, not what we sought, but as much as we can glean from here, perhaps we should return to the room with the water. There was a room yet to go. Ah. The fourth brother. And where the sound of the dripping water is coming from. He said he wasn't buried. No, he said just down the way. Oh. No, his tomb, I thought they said his tomb is there, but he's not there. Specifically instructed us to go get, like, go get yeah. the journal. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate as okay. amazing as that would be. Uh, oh, oh, we got the loot. Mm, yeah, ghosts suggested we go that way. <laughs> Let's right. walk away from any possible plot. I thought that we were done. We got magic items running. It's the only way to be safe. Plot's dangerous. Stuff will get you. Uh, in that case, if we're heading on to where Pedrig may or may not be, Faleth will... Or, Quarry will look at Faleth and say, Now remember, we must not call his spirit. Alright, I wasn't going to. From the back of this chamber, you can see that there are two tunnels that angle out. I don't suppose any of you caught if they mentioned left or right. I did not. I I thought they meant he was not even buried in the abbey, but it appears I was mistaken. Huh. Are we trapped with one choice? Perhaps we go right and then we go left. Um, what's your normal method there, Melian? Always follow the right-hand way? Indeed. For that way, you can never go wrong. Hand. I'm more, I'll work on it. <laughs> After you then, Melian. I trust your judgment. Ah. Uh, friend Jovan, would you be so kind as to send the lantern first? Of course. Direct the, the hand to do so. As you follow dead the hand down into this passageway, you note that it slowly bends until it meets what likely was the left-hand path with an arch towards the center. It appears that it did not matter. I wonder if that's a metaphor for something. Or maybe... Maybe the builders just had a spare afternoon and forget to do it twice. No matter what path you take, your road always leads to death? Not necessarily death. Could be fate. Could be any number of things that aren't death. Uh, well. well, it certainly can't be that no matter what path you take, your path will always lead you to the grave of another man. That's nonsense. Actually, there's some truth to that. But it... Oh, and now you're going to spout some wisdom about how you're never the same person at the end of the journey as you were at the beginning. I've made a couple journeys, and um, I think I'm... Hmm. There might be something to that, too. Keep going. Do another one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. Yeah, he continues down the hall. Beyond the arch encircled by the passages, opens a large cavern with an irregular arched ce arching ceiling some 20 feet high. Dominating the center of this room is a single white marble casket. Depicted atop it is a man robed in the garb of the Tenorian Order, 
clutching the tri-divine symbol between his hands. Around the room are niches filled with dust, and in some, moldering, destroyed paper. A small puddle of water sits stagnant at the base of the back wall, likely trickling down from a crack in the ceiling. Does water drain anywhere? It does not. How much water is there? At this point, because of how the room is sloped, it looks like there's about a foot. This the crack would have been recent, then, within the past... Assuming that we've been hearing like a steady drip as we've been coming in here. Can't be more than a few months, even. We will have to notify the abbot that some repair work is required. Uh, Yovan will inspect the alcoves and see if the paper is salvageable. Wait, no, I have a paladin with repair. Can do mending. Uh, looking through, it's moldered in some places. Others have just completely turned to dust. It doesn't seem like there's anything that you could salvage from the paper that was held in the alcoves. But you note that underneath the alcoves there are titles. And as you're going about, you notice that they're just con- they're constellations. These were likely holding star charts of some kind at some point. But as you go about, you note that encircling the casket are these words written in common. Sleep the rest of ages. Be not disturbed. Rest well, our brother. Our vigil we shall hold over you. Nothing for it, then. Or you just... lift the lid and hope for the best. Pushing open the casket, you find the desiccated remains of a similarly garbed monk, though in his hands he clutches two things. A thin, decaying volume and the holy symbol of the Tenorian Order, wrought in silver and encrusted with jewels. Though, you do note, there does appear to be moisture and mold growing inside this casket. Mm-mm. Leaking from the puddle behind? Is there a fault within the casket, or...? There does appear to be a crack. Has the book been damaged? Are you going to reach in and remove it? God's no. That we <laughs> determine if it's fragile or... Crumbles to dust in your fingers. Can Quarry peer in and see if it looks like something they could cast mending on to sort of fortify before we pick it up? Or if that's not, not a thing that... Would so work? you can cast mending to fortify it, but mending won't restore writing to something that has been where, like, water damage has taken the writing away, or uh, mold right. or something like that. I but you, wanna... you can restore the pages, too, and, because it's still together to fortify it and yeah. make Replace sure the binding and the spine and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, I would like to do that. You say a brief, brief prayer to soul over it, and you see the book slightly glow for a moment, and it looks crisper. Faileth, would you be able to dry the inside of this casket without setting anything on fire? <laughs> I think so. Let me double check the wording on prestidigitation. <laughs> uh, I can clean stuff. I can chill stuff or warm stuff. I think we used it What do you say, DM? Can I? I can dry, dry stuff with this, right? Yeah, After you can dry stuff. River, yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Wait, I, I dry it. 
you dry around it, and you've gotten the majority of the... Uh, magically, you've gotten the majority of the moisture out of this casket. What are you going to do? Well, it appears we have the book that we came for. Perhaps it would be best to leave him at his rest. Are you going to reach in and take the book? Or the holy symbol? Jovan, um, perhaps you would take the book. The paladin is afraid the book is cursed, friend Jovan. Pori shoots Melian a look like, what, no? <laughs> like it comes with free frogart. <laughs> uh, wouldn't be the first curse I've dealt with. Uh, Jovan's going to set up the lantern away from the casket so that it's still casting light into the casket. Um, and then using all three hands is going to extract the book. Okay. As you lift the volume out, as it slightly moves the corpse, you see the entire corpse begin to break apart until it is just dust. And the uh, holy symbol thunks into the dusty remains. And then there's a little wind. All we are is dust in the wind. If Faileth wants to make a gust of wind, she can't. But there is <laughs> a goddamn here. Makes wind. <laughs> We're already breathing enough. <laughs> Corey makes. Uh, I think I breathed him. <laughs> when he collapses like that, Quarry makes an exclamation in giant that's like the equivalent of "Oh God, I, that wasn't supposed to happen." The nobles in Adenon used to eat dried mummy for their oh. health. I wonder if there's anything to that. Ah, Jovan Let says as he coughs up a bit of Fourth out. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that in some cultures the dust of mummies is used to improve one's potence. Uh, see, potency? Oh, I'm feeling plenty potent at the moment. <laughs> what does that mean? It means we should grab the holy symbol and be out of here. Yes. Paladin, I would, ex- I would explain, but I am afraid that your god would strike me down <laughs> shortly thereafter. Your innocence is to be maintained. <laughs> Corey's like, something about being a better necromancer? That makes sense. <laughs> Dead mummy body makes you a better necromancer. I... I... Um, if you told Melian that he'd be offended that you thought he hung out with necromancers <laughs> you would have told him this rumor no it just must be common necromancer common knowledge about necromancers that Corey hasn't picked up yet I, I can't imagine that Corey genuinely thinks there's a bunch of like common knowledge about <laughs> necromancers that she does that they don't already know no it's very true I mean lots of uh, lots of this sort of thing is you know superstitions and out of the way towns and such just might not be in collected knowledge. Hmm. <laughs> All I'm saying is if uh, this paladin's been wandering around um, trying to find out stuff about necromancers and they didn't get all the common knowledge stuff, they've been doing a bad job. <laughs> so I assume, since Quarry is so studious, that they have been doing a good job and they would know all the common knowledge. That is kind of you, thank you. So I'm assuming one of you reaches in to grab the holy symbol? Uh, yeah, Melian will, because he's at heart a mercenary, and this looks like a payday. 
Oh, it does. All four of these holy symbols are look like they're made from precious metal. A different one for each. This one is made of three different ones, and they're all encrusted with jewels. Melian may just have become a triadrian uh, uh, devotee. He'll <laughs> wear this around his neck very proudly on his bare chest. Sometimes nice. lion chest. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not uh, a bare bone chest. That's right. And with that, I are you guys going to do anything else in these rooms, or should we zip you back to the main room and we'll reconvene? Uh, before we leave, you said there's a bunch of water. Um, yes. Uh, Melian, knowing that he's not going to drink any of it, takes a big mouthful and like swishes out the ash from his mouth, not the the corpse dust out of his mouth, <laughs> and spits the water back into the pool. I really can't encourage taking a mouthful of crypt water to get rid of crypt dust. <laughs> that just seems. Like... And yet, and yet, here I am. <laughs> And yet, that is what he's done. Okay, I'll note that down for if that ever comes up again. Later Cass is like, hey, your arm starts to fall off. I'm like, but why? He's like, remember that time you drank that crib water? I'll be like, no! <laughs> no, we get like a hundred episodes in, and it's like, so, there's this prophecy... Did any of you ever drink weird crypt water? <laughs> Let he who I, has I, drunk from the waters of the dead and breathed I, the dust of the fallen stand for I just want to point out that I didn't drink it. I just swished it around in my mouth a little and then spit it back out. I mean, you can't help but drink a little of it. <laughs> I mean, you can't have a prophecy where he let he who gargled the water of the dead. Like, just, <laughs> no, no, but, but, you totally, but you totally could have a prophecy that's like, and he who drinks, but there are some scholars that... Try, that, uh, do you think that this Trans word like could drinks. also mean gargle? Like, the translation, <laughs> it's a bit iffy. He who allows the water of the dead to pass his lips or something like that. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, we've been arguing it for the past, like, two centuries. Whenever there's a slow day at church. <laughs> Melian's like, but I accidentally got corpse dust in my mouth. <gasps> that was the second part of the prophecy. <laughs> And with that laugh, you guys make your way through the catacombs back to the main central chamber where you've left Estrella and at the abbot. And you have arrived. What do you guys get to do? We all address the, uh, the abbot and say, we found the resting place of the four founders. He stands up from where he is praying in that small shrine off the way and looks to your group and says truly you found them yes we disturbed as little as we could each had a rather impressive holy symbol which we have borrowed for use here but we will return them to the tombs and three of them had items it may sound odd but we spoke with the ghosts and the ghosts suggested no four of them had items and we spoke with three of the ghosts who suggested that we take the items to help us in our fight against the cult of bliss if it is the will of the founders that you have them then i see no reason to say no what do you plan to do how can we assist you before i will look at yovin well mm. We'd hope to consult the journal first. That will take some time tonight, if you would allow us to stay. 
Of course. As well, we need to discover the secrets of the gem that holds the light of the townsfolk, so we might release it. Yes, I will pray in the chapel above, in the highest tower, at sunset. And while I have you here, Abbot, were you able to gain any insight as to the room that we found? It bears a striking resemblance to one of the tapestries at the back of the observatory itself. I'd noticed the, the same. The vigil. Yes. It was in light of that tapestry that I retrieved the holy items carried by the three. If you'd be so kind as to help me, Father, I'll pass over two of them. Let's see uh, if which there's... holy symbol do you keep? Uh, soul. The sunburst. Okay. Let's see if we can unravel yet another secret. And um, I will go and see if they place them in the hands of the appropriate uh, figure. The abbot will say a brief prayer to Liana and place her symbol into her outstretched hand. He will then make a prayer to Gnosis and place Gnosis' symbol into their outstretched hand. And you... Say a prayer to Soul and do the same. As you place the holy symbol of Soul into his hand, an unseen pressure begins to almost gather in this room, and you note that gems on the symbol of soul slowly begin to glitter and glow almost with a bit of an inner light, the topaz on it flashing. The amethyst set into gnosises begins to let out a dull purple glow, and the sapphires on Liana's begins to glimmer. The candles that the abbot had lit in this room dim as the flames shrink to barely burn the tips of the wicks. And the water in the ritual bowl ripples as if an unseen hand passes through it. As you step closer, the ripples distorting the water, you see that the unseen symbol of the celestial triad emblazoned upon the ceiling, previously not recognizable to the naked eye, bursts into brilliant radiance, showering the room in a spray of sparks and dust. Carefully, um, I see if I can lift the bowl and see if it reflects anything else on the ceiling that was previously unseen. It does not, but the water moves as if rippled, or as if a hand slowly presses and draws across it, unseen. The open will take that as an invitation and dip uh, just the tip of a finger into the bowl. As you dip your finger in, the water doesn't ripple. If he moves it, is there a pattern or some sort of 
doesn't seem to matter where in the room he places it. And does that correlate to ripples in specific places? Or Oh, you can't actually lift, strangely enough, you can't lift the bowl off of the pedestal in the middle. Oh, sorry. What was it that I did that caused it to ripple the first time then? Nothing. It rippled itself. And it continued to ripple in front of your eyes as if an unseen hand drew across it. Remind me again what the lettering around the base of the room had said. Our gaze unceasing, eternal, into the unknown. Our gaze fleeting, fate twisted upon fair Ebris. If I move around the room, looking for the bull from different directions. No, that can't be. I'm missing something obvious here. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I say another prayer to Soul, and after a moment of thought to the other two as well, asking for wisdom and for their sight. And then what do you say? I'm absolutely overthinking this. Show me what the will of Triad. Show me the will of the Triad. Nothing happens. If I repeat the lettering along the base of the room, just read it aloud for everyone. You repeat it, as you do, and then you hang your head over the bowl. And as you're hanging your head over the bowl, you notice, though, that you can't actually see the reflection of your own face. You don't see a reflection of a face. The water strangely distorts the bottom of the bowl. Can I reach through it? I see if I can touch the bottom of the bowl. You put your hand in to touch the bottom of the bowl, and it touches it really quickly. But then you pull your hand out, and looking into the bowl, the bowl almost looks like it doesn't have a bottom. But when you put your hand in, it very clearly did. So it's showing another room like this. Okay. I'm going to try to stand where the statues are, looking into it at such an angle to see through where the door should be. If that makes sense. Oblique angle. Um, like where their hand is outstretched towards? Yeah. You don't see anything. Anything different. It just reflects the top of the, of the room. Melian, do you still have that... The fourth holy symbol? Uh, I would have preferred you not mention it in front of the abbot, but yes. Well, could I see it for a moment? Only if you promise to return it to me. Of course. And Nellian very reluctantly hands it over to me. I'm going to hold it over the bowl for a moment. You gently place it, and when you had put your hand in before, the it hadn't changed the water level. It hadn't created ripples or anything. But when you place the holy symbol in, it almost seems to sink deeper into the bowl, and the water level rises almost up to the brim of it. Corey, Faith, Melian. Yeah? There's one last piece of this puzzle I'm missing. I'm wondering if perhaps I could pick your brains. Of course. I will help if I can. No, I like mine. You keep your fingers out of my brain, mister. <laughs> if he is uh, as successful like the promise as, I made to as you are at keeping your finger out of your nose. Faith <laughs> <laughs> covers her head with both hands. I'll make the same promise I did, Leon. I'll return it when I'm done. 
maybe in the meantime, I could have your thoughts instead. I feel like there was a... I suppose, but I'm watching you. I feel like there was a purpose to this room. And we are two steps towards determining what it was. Like with the statues and the rollers, there was a design here. Uh, a ritual that we needed to follow, some sort of... To show that we understood the makers enough to act as they had. To put everything together. Sunday. I've fallen short. These symbols were part of it. But there's more. Tell me of the elements you already know. The three representing the triad reaching up towards the skies. Uh, each of them matching in the same pose as a tapestry that was up at the observatory, something the abbot mentioned as the name of the event, which you'll remember, but David does not. Um, and this pool of water, which reflects the symbol of the, the trinity. But before we had placed the holy symbols in our hands, as it had been held by those in the tapestry, it wasn't actually visible except in the reflection. And now the water moves, uh, placing the, the final holy symbol within it. The water reacts in a way that physical touch did not. There's something that needs to be set, some final puzzle piece that needs to be put in place, some perspective or view or way of looking at it. Is the bowl represented in the uh, tapestry you saw above? Perhaps it is. Um, Cass, can I get you to re-describe the tapestry real quick? Why, yes, I can. The tapestry number five uh, depicted th the three of the celestial divines standing in the dark eternity of night arrayed around a circle of green and blue. They each held a hand towards the center, their holy symbols held aloft in that hand, while the other hand was held higher, as if to hold up the sky. And the other tapestries were largely unrelated, except for also showing events concerning the three, correct? Yeah, the first one had shown Gnosis basically, like, creating the sky. Uh, the second had shown Morgan gifting the moon to Sol to reflect at night. The third was the comet. And the fourth had shown Liana taking a pool of reflective water in which there were no stars in the sky, but motes of light appeared within the pool, which then she brought to the sky, becoming the stars. I don't suppose I can lift any water from the bowl. You mentioned it didn't reflect or ripple or displace when I put my hand in. No, there isn't. Do this, where, describe where the statues are in the room again. Uh, they're basically... There's th sort of three alcoves. One at the far... One at the back, one on the left, one on the right. And they're each standing there. So in sort of like a triangle around this pedestal. Mm -hmm. And the pedestal's in the center? Mm-hmm. How high is the pedestal? Uh, it's about up to, like, up to halfway on, like, a normal human's chest. 
so that they could bed, bend their head over to look down into it. But the, the bowl won't move? The bowl does not move. It appears to be fixed to the pedestal. Does the pedestal move? Can Melian lift the pedestal towards the ceiling? Give me a strength check. <laughs> <laughs> can I... <laughs> Could it be an athletics check? Or... Uh, g- give me a raw, straight strength check. Alright. 17. You're struggling to, but you sort of feel like this is really intended to be, like, on the floor. It doesn't seem <laughs> like it was intended to be moved up or lifted. Uh, I could do it, but this doesn't feel right, friend Yoko. Though, Melian, as you were sort of, like, bending and trying to pull to pull it up, you almost noticed that the water seemed as you were struggling to depress in the shape of a face. I'll just stick us a face in it. All right. All right. Have you tried putting your face in it, friend Yogan? I, unlike some people who I greatly respect, do not generally go to my way to drink water I find in crypts. Ah, well, then allow me. And Melian plunges his face into the thing. Melian, what are you thinking at this exact moment? That Yovan has a really is really superstitious about dumb things. Water is water. <laughs> As you submerge your face into the frigid water, a strange weightlessness suffuses your body, and you feel as if you float gently. You suddenly feel as if you are viewing the same room that you're in, with Yovan in the center of it as if through a slight distortion of water, as if perhaps from the ceiling. Uh, I, I pull my face out and then go, it is some sort of seeing glass. I was able to see from another perspective. I know it. Well, of course I was right. I'm just, I was right. Huh. Next time, trust your gut and not your fears about water. Then Melian walks away, pulling out a spear and muttering about how Sometimes, friend Jovan is like a uh, faileth who refuses to take a bath. No, don't put me in the water, they say. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point, Melian. Water is terrible. Um, Jovan will experimentally, cautiously, also place his face into the water. What are you thinking of at this exact moment that your face breaks the water? Probably thinking about the puddle of water in the crypt that <laughs> Melian had, uh, gargled a few moments ago. I really hope this is not a limited number of uses. Because <laughs> we're the worst. Uh, be more. Oh, it would be so screwed. As you submerge your face into the frigid water, a strange weightlessness suffuses your body, and you feel as if you float gently. You gaze at a room that should be quite dark, but you can still see it. You are looking at the tomb of Padraig Tenor, as if floating from perhaps the top of the ceiling, looking down at the water that Melian had used to gargle. But where the archway out of this room is, is just a wall of darkness. And can you please roll me a d100? Terrifying. Uh, okay. It's fine. It's probably fine. That is a 47. Oh. Thank you. Almost the answer to everything. What's your constitution score? (laughs) 
<laughs> really Let's move high. On from, um, my constitution is higher than my strength. It is 12. So that's a plus one, right? That's plus one, yeah. Okay, you can hold your breath for two minutes. Jovan will almost yelp under the water. Both. You uh, can hold your breath for one minute. <laughs> surprised and incredibly enthused. And then immediately he's going to see if he can move about um, this sort of projection. And failing that, he's going to try to focus really hard on... So you can move around, but that darkness at the edge that fills the arch, and as you're looking around, it also seems to fill all the alcoves in this room. You can't move beyond that. Or, at least, you haven't tried to. I try to. As you sort of, like, push into it, you have a very visceral f sense of fear. I stop pushing into it. Uh, can you actually make a constitution saving throw? I can. Oh, that's not so bad. Uh, so it's going to be a 14, 15. Uh, that bout of fear does not make you uh, gasp again. <laughs> right, I'm going to focus first on... Uh, try to imagine as clearly as I can the description given of the missing girl uh, as described by the frog spirit that occurred here. That's the one. Nothing happens. You're still in the same room. I try to focus instead on uh, something that he can picture very clearly um, on my liege. Nothing happens. But you're starting to run out of air. Jovan will exhale. Uh, a little frustrated and then lift his face up once again. You pull your face out of the frigid water. You note that your face is not wet at all. And then he's going to hold that image as clearly as he can in his head one more time of the, the missing child and dip his face back in. You are in a chamber that is lit by torches that glow a sickly green color. The chamber is musty. It smells almost slightly of sewage. Around it, you can't see all of the chamber. You see an iron cage suspended slightly from the floor in which sits her head slightly lulled to one side, a young half-elven girl. You see beneath it a familiar portion of a symbol. The region that you're able to see stretches out, and you think you can almost see the edges of two other cages, and a third cage, but this one in the very center. The third cage in the center. Can I see if it's occupied? Only make out the edge of it. You think you can see a shoe. An adult male's shoe. The darkness. If you had to compare it to the previous room that you were in, seems to be much closer than before. And can you please roll me a percentile? 
Uh, 73. Yovan's going to try to see if he can reach out to the girl in the cage. Can he interact with them in any way? You reach out towards her. You can't. You don't even seem to have hands, really. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to try to call my mage hand. Nothing happens. Figured it was worth a try. But as you do, you hear other children crying, and then a voice that lashes out. Be silent. Your suffering will be over soon enough. Know that you serve a glorious purpose. Do I recognize the voice? No. You don't. It's not a voice you've heard before. I'm going to speak to the child, even if they can't hear me. Just, we're coming for you. We're going to get you out of here. Stay strong. And then I'm going to pull my face out of the water. As you sort of lean down to whisper that to the child, you note that she appears to be muttering something. Can I make out what she's saying? Wicker man, wicker man, come and watch my fields. Wicker man, wicker man, come protect my fields. My neighbors, they are looking, their eyes are always there. My neighbors, they are looking to take away my meal. So, wicker man, you help me. I will give you four. Keep away my neighbors and you will be reborn. First we will just make you give you form from him. First we will just make you make you from the lamb. We dry this straw to make you to stuff you full and true. We dry this straw to make you we drive it through and through. Second, we find you clothes. First, a shirt from Pa. Second, we find you clothes. Now, some gloves from Ma. Third, we sew you shut and tie you to a pole. Third, we sew you shut. They'll see you down the road. Fourth, we find a head. Headless you won't be. Forth we find a head. It won't be from me. Now you stand tall in the field, chasing crows away. Now you stand tall in the field, chasing crows away. We stuffed you full of straw. We even gave you clothes. The head upon your shoulder is even filled with mold. Wicker man, wicker man, now you watch my fields. Wicker man, wicker man, you protect my fields. My neighbors are not looking, their fields lie fallow now. The wicker man is waiting, waiting for the bell. Wicker man, wicker man, come and watch my fields. Wicker man, wicker man, come protect my fields. My neighbors, they are looking. And she just repeats and repeats. 
slowly. Sing. Yovan's gonna pull his face out of the bowl. Uh, take a moment. And uh, call out to the rest. The children, they're still alive. Do you know where? In cages. Uh, hanging above the symbols that we found. But no, I don't know the location. But they're alive. What did it look like? I describe the scene to Corey as closely as I can. Could they be in the tunnels under the city? That smell of sewage, perhaps, is significant? We should return soon. I'm going to see if we can find the others, though. The necromancers that fled. Mm. If we can catch one of them alive, they might have answers. Yes. Did I ever see the two? Or did I only ever see Putrilax? Was it just Melian that saw the two? You only ever saw Putrilax. I'm going to imagine Putrilax as clearly as I can. Um, but not too closely. <laughs> <laughs> Put my face back in the bowl. As you submerge your face into the frigid water, that same strange weightlessness suffuses your body, and you feel as if you float gently. The scene you gaze at is almost entirely dark. You can only make out Putrelax. He seems to be slightly propped up, leaning against something. His eyes are closed. And to you, he looks dead. But you do hear two other voices. Can we please get out of the light? I don't like being out here in the open, my love. Once he comes out of torpor, we will move. I would prefer that you did not have to carry him. I overspent my magic getting us out of there, after we lost control of the undead. Damn them all! How did that girl know about us from the Red Exiles? Who is she? If she hadn't startled me, we would have ended up in Gravenspur. We wouldn't be here. But that girl, she screwed it all up. All my mind could think about was this battlefield. And that was, that was our last transport, until we can replenish them. Look at it, how much it's changed. To think this was ravaged by war. To think this is where I lost you. And where I was offered the power to bring you back. You see Putrelax's form actually shifts in the dark. He's the only thing you can make out. And he groans. Can you give me a percentile? Sixty-six. Putrelax, he groans, and that female voice goes, Good. You're awake. Finally. Good of you to trick them. Feign death. You see Putrelax sort of look and go, Cece, mm, where are we? Redden, old battlefield. The one where the mistress found me. 
I had hoped to get us to Gravenspur, but as you can see, we were interrupted and ended up differently. And as they're talking, you hear this sort of wail in the distance. And then you suddenly feel as if claws sink into you, Jovan. Can you please make a constitution saving? I mean, statistically, yes. Uh, uh, no, no, that's a four. That three plus one. You will take 17 necrotic damage as what almost feels like whatever was had brought you that terror as you almost as you tried to push into the dark seizes you well I'm still conscious you can't see it you don't have any weapons its claws are sinking into you everyone Jovan has suddenly started to shake and bubbles are coming up as if he is screaming into the water oh uh Quarry would yank him away as you yank him away from the water, you see that the water has gone completely black. And Jovan looks exceedingly pale. Uh, Jovan, until you take a long rest, the 17 points of necrotic damage you took reduce your hit points. Maximum by that amount. Are you alright? What happened? Uh, Putrelax, he's a He's alive. He was feigning being dead. Uh, companions. Apparently, Faileth had recognized them from the Red Ant. They they were aiming for Gravespur, but something she said reminded them of a of a battlefield, which they ended up teleporting to instead. Ah, oh, that was not Faileth. That was me. Yeah, I never said any of that. Red who? The Red Exiles. That's oh it, yeah, yeah. The, your your old friends. Yeah, the, no, not me. I, I hadn't no. She said that that was where the woman. She said that was where the the man, the third one. I didn't see his face. Where he died and where she'd had found, been given what she needed to bring him back. Cece and Tybalt. They're there now, but there was something creeping in on, on each vision. Got closer. The last one closed in. I don't think they're safe to use it anymore. Hmm. They said it was their last transport until they replenish. If we can get there soon, we might be able to catch them. I knew Cece had not had that power previously. Uh, I am not certain, but I believe I might be able to find that battlefield again. How far away? Can't it is months away. away. Yeah. Like, they have teleported a considerable distance. However, I believe your uh, idea of catching them before they leave is unlikely, as it is several months away on foot. There may be a silver lining there. That means that they will have months to travel before they can bring word of what's happened here to their superiors. Do I recommend, 
Do I recognize the town of Gravespur? The name? You have no idea where Gravenspur is. Does the town they were originally seeking, Gravenspur, does that mean anything to you? I... Oh. Do I recognize? No. You've traveled a considerable amount, <clears throat> especially through the Alliance territories and a bit of the northern uh, uh, portion of the Republic, or at least the contested Badlands, and you've never heard of a town called Gravenspur. The name is not familiar to me. Friendly old. Damn. Uh, Yopin will try to pull himself up to his feet and then pause and, and sit down and rest a little bit more, but... Looking at Yovan, it almost looks like he has bruises that are sort of yellowish and greenish. Hmm. Like, across his neck, across his arms, as if he was gripped tightly by hands. Still, we know the children are alive. Yes. We can look their guardians in the eye and, and tell them that. Cass is the bowl still looking like the water is black. The water looks like it is black. Like it is almost completely black. Mm -hmm. Like there might be just a dot of light in it that isn't. But otherwise, it appears entirely shadowed. Is the abbot still there? The abbot has made the sign of the... has gone through each of the signs... Uh, for Sol, Liana, Gnosis, and is saying prayers quite loudly. Can you purify this water? He will come up to it and start to try to purify it, but as he goes partway through the motions, he'll sort of back up and say, there is an overwhelming evil here. Yeah. Perhaps with time it will dissipate, but... Melian, I'm sorry, but I don't think you're getting that symbol back. In this... Wait, is it is it still in the bowl? Yes. Melian's like, the, it, the bowl is not very deep. I will retrieve it. Uh, Jovan will, will try to, like, wave him away, but he's not in a position to stop it if Melian's going for it. Melian, you reach in and you pull the symbol out and the water level just goes down. Excellent. Still completely black. Still almost completely black. as if it is not water, but just ink. Uh, but it's not all over my hand, right? I just pull... The thing out As you pull it out, it almost seems like it clings to your hand, but then rolls off perfectly so that not even a single drop escapes the bowl. Melian breathes a sigh of relief. Oh, all right. I am happy to see that you are unharmed, friend Yovan. You have the strangest relationship with water. I don't think I ever <laughs> understand it. Right. Uh, our path forward is clear, then. I think, unless others have strenuous objections, we... Spend the night here. We see if we can unlock the secrets of the green gem and give the townsfolk their light back. Then... Uh, I believe we had spoken of you uh, conducting the same sort of investigation you conducted at the Buchanan house. I, I, I've given directions to the rest of the priesthood here to retrieve the objects I'll need to set up a proper investigation into them. Uh, I might be able to glean some information about the artifacts we recovered, the machinery that Putrelex left behind and maybe this bowl I can do a proper inspection of it and presuming we have success there and with a the gem 
Then I suppose in the morning we should head back to Drummer Hollow and see if we can find the, the heart of the ritual as described by the the auctioneer. If we can find the other symbols, that might lead us to the, the core of it. And if the vision, and if Cory's hunch has merit, we might find the children there, beneath our feet the entire time. If everything goes right. As of course it will. Oh, of course. The abbot perks up and says that the objects that you asked for have been brought down. Then there's no time to waste. Yeah. Uh, if I could have the assistance of one or two of the brothers here okay. setting it up, uh, measurements will be exact. Whoever has the steadiest fingers. Uh, you see Romp leaning against the doorway, or the archway. Uh, Romp, you remember the old uh, the curse check, yeah? Uh, <clears throat> How could I forget? Just like old times. Give me a hand? Of course. And he starts to go about helping you set up. It will take, if I remember correct, an hour to set it up, so people could start short rests during that time. House? Yes. What time is it in game? It's probably about an hour before dusk. The abbot is going to head up and start his prayers early. Before the abbot leaves, Quarry will just let him know about the leak in Pedrig's uh, tomb and what happened to the body and the crack in the coffin and the fact that it like it needs to be patched up if they want to preserve that piece of their history. He looks concerned and says that he will prey on it, but that they will do their best to preserve it. While you haven't set everything up, he's actually going to pass the journal over to Quarry. And just, I'll be looking over this later tonight, but in the meantime, if you wouldn't, maybe browse through it and see if you can glean some insight from it. You of know more about the call to bless anyways. Of course, I would be happy to. Though I, I warn you, I read rather slowly. Oh, I'll be at this for at least an hour. Plenty of time to, to skim through. Not looking for a comprehensive. You would know it would draw the attention of the cult more than I would. Hmm. Perhaps. Maybe Melian can help. Perhaps, but I had hoped to study my spear. Can you do both? Do not, do not worry. I, I will do my best. <laughs> Wait, such a douche. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm hunting it. <laughs> just for Melian, just really excited about the spear. She's been holding on to it for like hours now. <laughs> Kawari, mm-hmm. looking through the book, it appears to be considerably damaged. Oh dear. Uh, your mending appears to have shored it up, but there are, looking through it, there's a lot of just random words on a page that you can see, but very few passages throughout Hmm. it. Okay. But there are some key passages that you are able to determine. Okay. That you are able to find. And I have sent those to you. Ooh, thank you. Sadly, it appears that all the corners are damaged, and you can't find any dates throughout the entire book. Hmm. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of information. Typical ghosts, with their premature ascension. Hey, everything's in the book. 
Uh, yeah, the one sitting in the puddle for the past 800 years. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure we have all the answers, but it's in the book. We wrote it for a reason. <laughs> We're out. Best of luck. Any chance that Faye can call him back? <laughs> I mean, I can try, but it's not likely. No, I, I, I don't think they're, they're coming back. Though I do love the mental image of, like, slowly heading towards the light, finally ascending after all these years, and meanwhile, Phalus running out the tunnel behind him, just like, you lousy gits, you're not done yet. You buggered it all up. <laughs> Checking and kicking and screaming back to the mortal realm. While Quarry is reading over this, and Yovin and Romp are setting it up, Melian, you have a chance to attune to your spear. Yes! Uh, Faileth, are you going to learn more about what the amulet does? Or are you going to learn more about what the skull does? Or are you going to attune Oh, skull, skull, fully. Too many things have happened since the amulet came. She's forgotten about it. <laughs> It'll pop up again later when she's going through her pockets. And she'll be like, oh, hey. So skull is definitely more on her mind. Okay. Are you going to attune to it? Okay. And so with both of you attuned to it, then once Yovin is done, you'll be able to learn the properties of both. Quarry, are you saying anything about what you read mm. while the party is setting up? It is taking you a considerable amount of time to piece through and find those. So you've probably found them, like, and noted them and marked them by the time that this hour is almost elapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think periodically Quarry, as they find interesting tidbits, will kind of ask questions. So, you know, the first question I think they would ask is probably directed at Estrella, if she's still down here. Estrella is no longer down okay. here in the basement. It appears that she has gathered up all the papers down here and gone upstairs to sort them and finish learning from them. Okay, uh, then Quarry will just ask in general, have any of you heard of the Red Wind? Not too familiar to me. I don't know what it is, but it seems to be something very dangerous, very unpleasant. Cass, what does Quarry know about saints? Quarry knows the basics about saints. Saints are individuals marked by specific gods that often display miraculous divine power. Uh, they're often clerical individuals, though the power has manifested in non-ecclesiastical individuals, such as even just swine herds. Uh, there is usually a momentous occasion, though, that marks them with divine protection, and perhaps a avatar or herald of the god will appear before them. Uh, Quarry, you know of a few saints, most notably the founder and patron saint of your abbey, Saint Truce. Oh, that's bad. It seems that uh, there was some sort of a ritual that called this red wind, some kind of spell, and I think that they were able to stop it, but maybe not before... It caused some kind of damage, I'm not sure, but they can't use the same ritual again. They need to find a new ritual, and it seems that Pedrig was perhaps doing some kind of 
research and it requires a saint. I saw, uh, not now, earlier, I saw a vision of something, something not right, something bad happening at, at the tomb where Saint Truce is buried and, and they need a saint for the ritual, but I don't know how they will use them. I'm concerned that they may have another piece of the puzzle that they require. I am also unsure how that one would find a saint, Paladin. I don't know whether they need the saint alive, or perhaps if they're dead it doesn't matter. There, There is some kind of a reference to someone possibly being able to reach beyond the veil. If they somehow have gained access to Saint Truce, I don't know. The book is very badly damaged, and it's it's hard to fit all the pieces together. I think it will require much thinking and probably further investigation. This abbey, I think will help us. Pedrig says that he is hiding the purpose in plain sight. He's he's um, hidden the purpose in the Ori to mark the path, in the tapestries to remember the signs, and in the beliefs of these monks to ensure they do not stray from the path. They are standing vigil over the collar and the key, and we know that the the cult was looking for some sort of key, but I don't know who this caller is. We may have the ability to find more information if we can get word to the Abbey of Truce's solace. Apparently, Pedrig sent his research to her. Do you believe that the Abbey of Truce's solace will have retained that research for however long the Tenorian I wouldn't be surprised they they do have many books and Truce had promised to guard it until the time was right I'm afraid that we may be too late to save the information though given what I saw in my vision Pedreg seemed afraid that it would fall into the wrong hands I suppose if you believe that is where we must go next Cass, how far is the Abbey? It's a couple months away. Uh, uh, we can't get there in time. We must go back to Dwemer Hollow, and I will send word. Uh, I will send, if I can, protectors of dusk to the Abbey. And there's a good chance they think that information's still there. The monks, while I stayed there, were terrible pack rats and stuff everything away. And... Though it may play to our advantage here, they weren't as organized as they probably should have been. They would constantly stumble upon little treasures from generations before that have been scrolled away under backs of bookcases and bottoms of shelves and the strangest of places. I think that yes. it's incredibly likely that ancient information had been retained there, undisturbed for 
One of the reasons that the library uh, is so large is also that as books age, they were recopied. There is more. It is not just the information that may be at the Abbey. Apparently, Truce held something that Pedreg referred to as the Shard. I don't know... I don't know what that is, but it seems that in the end, this... Whatever this evil is, it tried to control Pedreg, and he took his own life to protect the information that he had passed on to Truce. We must ensure that that shard and the information is protected if we can. The quicker we return to Dwemer Hollow, the, the more comfortable I will feel. A month ago, we were... A week ago? Was it really only a week? We were trying to determine if the local weaponsmith was tied to the missing children of a small trader's town. Now we're trying to determine if uh, a conspiracy to overthrow the yes. queen and to rise up the countryside in a civil war is tied to an ancient evil from 800 years ago that led to the foundation of abbeys across the land. It, yeah. it is a lot. Well, I don't doubt that this is deeply pressing. I will be... I think we would find luck if we were to focus on the, the devil we know. We are... have all the answers that we've been looking for. Almost all of them. For what's plagued Dormer Hollow. I don't think it's time to look for more questions. I think there is something bigger here that I cannot ignore, but I also do not think that I am the one who can address all of it alone. I think that we should continue to... <laughs> attempt to achieve the goals that we have set for ourselves in Dwemer Hollow, but I must send word to the Abbey. Of course. Jovan, it's at about this time that you have finished setting up your zone of methodical control. Uh, credit the monks here. Their instruments are incredible quality. I, it'll take no time at all to determine the secrets behind the artifacts we've found. Gather round so that we can tell you next week on Roll with Adventure. Thank you for listening to Roll with Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, Please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. I can hear the hurt in your voice, I'm so sorry. <laughs>
I mentioned that he lost terribly. The first time that he won a fight was several years later, uh, when he was 22, in the city of... Here, how do you get down? That's, That's just the way it goes. Um, Is everybody go. okay? Is everyone okay? <laughs> yes. What Doing happened? Great. Yep. <laughs> I definitely didn't uh, go into the other room and grab a power battery from my iPad that's about to die, and then drop it. He dropped it like. Sasha why I grabbed it. He dropped it like he was one of the Marx Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give her the visual indication of why I had come in there, without like saying anything, because her mic was live. And instead of that, I threw the battery up in the air, <laughs> and, and then bobbled it a bunch. <laughs> In a panic while I tried to not make a noise. I should have taken a minus two, apparently. <laughs> that mental image is phenomenal. I'm... Hell yeah. Thank you. David, I have no idea where you were in yeah. your intro. Oh, fuck, that makes two of us. Um, <laughs> TLDR, uh, first time we won a fight, 22. I'm next. I am Brian. Yeah, did it. Okay. I'm Brian. I'm playing Melian Barebone, the changeling barbarian who... <laughs> Damn it, class, I heard you make a noise, and now my whole train of thought... <clears throat> it's funny because say... every time you pause, my brain suggests something to me, so very unhelpfully, it has said, you are Yovan, and you were raised by and can speak to ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know why. I see that we are all functioning on all cognitive (laughs) levels right now. Brian, when you said, I'm... I was almost like, hi, I'm... (laughs) I I just love, like, the questioning, like, introspective tone to I am Brian, like you're just discovering this, like, really (laughs) fleeting. The problem is, so what happened, just for, for explanation's sake, is that I'm staring at the document that has Melian's name on it. And so, I started to say, I'm Melian. And then I was like, that's not right. You gotta say the other name that's on here. And then I was like, Barebone? No. That's not helpful. Your name is underneath those ones. And I was like, Brian. And my brain went, that sounds about right, I guess. So, (laughs) I had that whole, like, that was what happened, is I, my brain had to question what name I was supposed to say out loud. And then I was like, did it. <laughs> we made it, guys. <laughs> Victory. And then the train derailed. Alright. <clears throat> uh, I am Brian. I am... Wait, do I usually say more things? I do. Alright. You say promise this is the last take. You say that you're Brian, and then you say... I'm at mind over Brian on... On Twitter yeah. and Twitch. Except on Twitch you spell it with a... Zero. zero? I, I'm, yeah. I am. I'm super on board. I Now I know. I'm, <laughs> this is the last take, I promise. On the mosaic? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for um, being patient with me here, Cass. I'm not operating at 100%. That's okay. <laughs> for any of us. I mean, I'm never. But that's why it's fun to play Faileth, because she's never functioning fully either. Um, I am rapidly realizing it was a mistake to play a character with an intelligence higher than 12. As in, 
<laughs> I don't think, David, that you could play a character with less intelligence, though. I could. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um... Like your entire existence is zany plots. You don't need to be intelligent. You don't need to be intelligent to pull muscles off. <laughs> In fact, most of the time it's a detriment. It's like, my character should be smarter than this, but this is more fun. Um... <laughs> well, it's definitely a number. Um, oh, it's 15. That's not so bad. <laughs> it's definitely a number. It's, it's a high number. It's multiple digits, even. <laughs> Wait one more week for Melian to f- actually be able to tell everyone what that spear does that he's <laughs> so, so excited about. He does. It's kick ass. You guys are going to be very pleased. 